This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Today, we're going to be talking about all things dangerous about this summer. Now, trust me, I live in Minnesota where it's six months of winter a year, so I'm so excited summer's here, but with summer come a lot of poison. So tune in. We'll be right back after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about summer poisons that you have to be aware of. Now, I hope you're having an amazing summer because it's been a really rough two and a half years. And again, I live in Minnesota where it's like negative 20 Fahrenheit or Celsius. It doesn't matter. It's still bitterly cold, regardless if it's Fahrenheit or Celsius. And so I love to enjoy the summer. But with summer comes certain dangers. And that's why I always tell dog and cat owners, you always want to be prepared. So what's an easy way to be prepared? First of all, please make sure you pet proof your house and your yard and your garage. Get on all fours, crawl around at the level of your dog or cat and make sure everything at that level is pet proof. So I'm talking about making sure that you have the trash can in a closet or it's in a secure lid making sure if your dog is outside that you've put the compost in a corner where it's fenced off, that there's no access to any kind of dangerous chemicals in the garage like antifreeze, that you're not putting out any mouse or rat poison or anything like that. So you always want to prevent a poisoning to begin with. The second thing you want to do to be prepared is please pre-program your cell phone with your veterinarian, your ER vet, and the ASPCA Animal Poison Control phone number. So just in case you don't have that, that's 888-426-4435. Please know there is a small fee with calling, but that includes a whole case. So you can call back or your vet can call back as many times as you need to regarding management of that case. And that's just to help be able to provide the service 24-7 because animal poison control centers are not state and federally funded the way human poison control centers are. So jumping right in, what are some of the biggest summer dangers that I worry about? Well, we just passed July 4th, so I'm not going to talk about fireworks. And honestly, dogs rarely get into fireworks. But I'm going to talk about more things that are in the garden or that are outside. 
Now, I will disclose, I am a huge gardener. We have a huge garden in our backyard. I love to eat locally and help reduce my carbon footprint. But if you garden, you have to be careful. You want to make sure your garden and your compost is fenced off. If you add fertilizers or compost or mulches to any kind of garden or yard, that stuff smells really good to a dog. So let's talk fertilizers first. Most people get really worried when they put down fertilizer on their grass. And I'll fill you in on a little secret. It's really not that poisonous. In fact, most of the time people are scared of fertilizers or even companies where they put down those signs that say, do not walk on this if you have a dog or cat or child with those scary looking signs. But in reality, most fertilizers are not going to be a big deal. Most of them are just irritants. And I'll tell you that most fertilizers contain things like nitrogen, potassium, or potash. These are natural elements that are going to provide more nutrients to the soil. Some types of fertilizers can have insecticides in them. So they're going to kill things like grubs and insects. So you do want to be a little bit careful of that. Now, when it comes to fertilizers, most of them just cause mild stomach upset. So a little bit of vomiting. If, however, your dog gets into a whole bag of it, that can actually cause really, really rare problems like seizuring, especially if it's got bifenthrin or certain types of insecticides. So when in doubt, you want to keep those out of reach. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I'm not going to use those dangerous chemicals. I'll just use organic fertilizer instead. Let me fill you in. Organic fertilizers are actually more dangerous. If you really want to know, because it says organic, it just means there's a carbon in there and it's usually crushed up dead things. Yep, you heard me right. Organic fertilizers are things like bone meal or blood meal or fish meal. Bone meal are remnants from like the feedlot industry. They're crushed up bone. They provide a lot of calcium and nitrogen. Bone meal is dehydrated blood that's been ground down to a powder. Fish meal, parts of the fish that we don't eat. Again, these are all natural, organic carbon sources, but they're basically crushed up dead things. And of course, your Labrador is going to find them very, very palatable because they really, really smell bad. So organic fertilizers are more of an issue. What do I see when a dog eats an organic fertilizer like bone meal or blood meal? Well, unfortunately, that bone meal can sort of glom together into a huge bowling ball like foreign body in the stomach. If it's blood meal or fish meal, it can actually cause a lot of gastroenteritis, things like vomiting or diarrhea or even inflammation of the pancreas. What about compost? I have seen my share of something called tremorgenic mycotoxins. Compost is supposed to be fenced off for a reason. It has to be fenced off from wildlife and pets because there's usually dead, decaying food in there. Now, I will say I'm a big composter. I compost everything from my kitchen, but I don't include any kind of dairy, pasta, or meat. And the main reason why is it can cause these tremorgenic mycotoxins. That's very similar to those of you guys who eat blue cheese because it has a very similar mycotoxin within it. Of course, in those levels, it's not poisonous. However, if your dog or wildlife get into some of these tremorgenic molds, it can actually cause really severe tremoring, seizures, and secondary hyperthermia. So you always want to make sure to keep compost at a reach. The third thing that some dogs, especially Labrador retrievers, love to eat is mulch. If you have mulch and it's cocoa bean mulch, you do want to be a little careful. Now, these are leftovers from the cocoa or the chocolate industry, and they have a really great odor. In fact, the mulch smells like chocolate. 
the more it rains or the more that that mulch is watered down, that smell will go away. But if your dog eats a significant amount of cocoa bean mulch, that can actually result in theobromine or chocolate poisoning. Signs of chocolate poisoning include vomiting, diarrhea, agitation, a racing heart rate, and very rarely tremors and seizures. Now, it takes a really large amount to have cocoa bean mulch result in fatality, but if you do use cocoa bean mulch, I usually recommend watering it down and keeping your dog on a leash while that mulch is freshly applied. What else are summer poisons out there that you have to be aware of? Well, I don't know if you're going to the ocean anytime soon. I'm surrounded by fresh water here in our 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. So my dog never sees salt water. They don't usually go to the ocean. But if you've ever noticed a dog that goes to the ocean for the first time, what do they do? They have a great time running around, but then they drink that salt water. And the first thing they do is they vomit. So you've heard me right. Salt is often used as an emetic agent. It makes you vomit. Now, we veterinary toxicologists don't use salt to induce vomiting, okay? But if your dog loves to play on an ocean beach, you have to be really careful if they drink a large amount of salt water because they can get severe hypernatremia, which is salt poisoning. You always want to make sure to bring your own dog water bowl and your own fresh water to provide that to your dog instead. Now, most of the time, the first sign of salt poisoning is vomiting and diarrhea, but it can really quickly progress to neurologic signs like walking drunk, head pressing or seizuring, lethargy, and ultimately it can result in severe brain swelling. Thankfully, it's treatable, but it has to be treated really carefully with IV fluids at your veterinarian or an emergency veterinarian. So if you're going to the ocean for the first time, please make sure to keep your pet safe from salt water poisoning. The next poison I wanted to talk about are pool chemicals. Now, if your dog likes to play in the pool, that's totally fine. The amount of dilute chlorine that's in the pool water is not a big deal. However, the pool chemicals are deadly. You heard me right. Now, most of these are designed to kill algae or they're designed to keep your pool clean. They're usually chlorine tablets. Unfortunately, when these products are undiluted, they are extremely corrosive. Now, if your dog drinks water directly out of the pool that's filled with water, that's not a big deal because it's totally diluted. However, If your dog chews into the chlorine bleach tablets and these products are undiluted, it can perforate your dog's esophagus. It's super, super, super corrosive. This can result in severe ulcers in the mouth, the esophagus, the stomach, the first part of the intestines, and it can actually rupture it, which is a major problem. When in doubt, you never want to store your pool chemicals where your dog can get into them. You never want to have your dog in the backyard, in the pool, when you're putting in chlorine tablets, okay? This also applies for those of you guys who use chlorine tablets or bleach tablets to clean the toilet. These are these big tablets that you add into the water tank. Again, if your dog drinks water out of the toilet, which is disgusting, it's actually not dangerous because the chemicals are already diluted. But if they eat the chlorine tablet or the bleach tablet itself, that is highly corrosive. So when in doubt, you want to keep those pool chemicals away too. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. 
Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Ben on Pet Life Radio. We've been talking about the dangers of summer when it comes to poisoning. We've talked about different types of fertilizers, compost, and mulches. We talked about going to the ocean with your dog for the first time and them getting really rare salt poisoning, which can be dangerous. We talked about pool chemicals. Well, let's not forget about the last few summer poisons out there. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but the Minnesota state bird is the mosquito. We have 10,000 lakes, so we have a zillion mosquitoes here. So we always worry about mosquito sprays. Now, if you are worried about your dog or your cat getting stung by a mosquito, that is fair. And that is of concern because they can actually transmit things like heartworm or different diseases. Now, I sometimes will use very, very low concentration DEET on my dog and I'll spray it to help prevent them from being bitten by mosquitoes. There are mosquito repellent chemicals that are out there too that are safe for pets. Most of the time, it's hard for mosquitoes to get through that really thick fur of a dog or cat. But just be aware, you want to be careful if you're using a concentration of DEET that's high because that can be poisonous. Now, depending on where you live in the United States or in the world, we also worry about bites from other things like scorpion bites or spider bites like the brown recluse or the black widow. Snake bites, especially if you live in areas where there might be a rattlesnake or a coral snake. When in doubt, you want to make sure to keep your dog supervised closely on a leash so you don't get bitten and so your dog doesn't get bitten. Also keep in mind, if your dog does get bitten like by a rattlesnake or some kind of poisonous snake, please do not attempt any first aid. You don't need to suck or lance the wound. You don't need to try to suck out the venom. You don't need to put ice on. You don't need to do any kind of tourniquets. You just want to get to a vet right away. Now, keep in mind, calling a poison control center when your pet was bitten by a snake doesn't help unless we can identify the snake. When in doubt, you don't want to go after the snake. You can try to take a picture, but you just want to get to your vet or an emergency vet. I will also say, if you live in an area where there are known poisonous snakes, maybe it's a Southeast United States with water moccasins, or it's the four corner states like Colorado or Utah, where there's rattlesnakes, or you live in Florida where there's coral snakes, please know with some venomous snakes, 25% of bites are often considered dry bites. In other words, a snake may bite and not actually release any venom. So when in doubt, I always say, 
watch your pet or get them to the vet immediately. Sometimes there are anti-venins that we will use that are available at most emergency veterinary clinics or at most veterinary clinics. So again, the safest thing you can do is keep your pet safe. Keep them safe by keeping them on heartworm preventative so they don't get heartworm disease by mosquito bite. If you are going to use a DEET concentration spray on your dog and cat, please use a very, very, very low concentration and keep your dog on a leash so they don't get bitten by snakes or scorpions or anything venomous. I did also want to talk about ticks and fleas. If you let your dog or cat outside or you let your dog outside and your cat stays inside, they can actually still bring in fleas. So you have to be careful. A lot of flea and tick chemicals that we use as preventative medications are super, super safe when used correctly on the right species at the right dose. However, Some of these chemicals take a couple of hours to work. In other words, it takes a couple of hours before that tick will fall off, bite, and die. Now, that's one of the reasons why I'm a firm believer in keeping your pet on year-round flea and tick preventative. That's because I live in an area where we also have a ton of ticks, and we're one of the top 10 states that has the most severe Lyme disease in the United States. Thankfully, cats rarely get Lyme disease, but it's something I see quite commonly here in Minnesota. I keep my own dog on flea and tick medication. So I use Brevecto every three months. I make sure that my dog is on a heartworm preventative monthly year round just to help minimize these problems. When in doubt, please talk to your veterinarian because we want to make sure your pets are an appropriate flea and tick preventative. Again, we want to make sure your pets are protected, but we also want to make sure that we're using a safe product. Now, you always want to make sure to read the instructions carefully. The reason why we advocate for using flea and tick preventative is, again, we're trying to prevent Lyme disease, but there's a whole bunch of other diseases that ticks and fleas can spread, like Ehrlichia, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Anaplasma, even plague. So when in doubt, we want to make sure that we're keeping our pets safe. I will say most of these products are made of pyrethrins or pyrethroids, and these are chemical derivatives from the natural chrysanthemum or mum flower. So they're super, super, super safe for dogs, but they can be toxic to cats when misapplied. And the mistake that I see, especially during the summer, is when well-intentioned cat owners put small dog concentrated flea and tick medication on their cat. That is extremely poisonous. Cats can only tolerate a 1% to 5% concentration of pyrethrins or pyrethroids. And what we use for dogs is a 50% to 60%. So it can be life-threatening if a dog flea and tick medication is erroneously put on a cat. When in doubt, you want to prevent that. And you want to monitor your pet for any kind of seizures, tremors, or life-threatening reactions. Again, that's most commonly when a dog flea product is applied to a cat by accident. When in doubt, I want you to make sure that you keep your pet safe this summer. I want you to enjoy the summer, not have to worry about going into the ER vet where you may be stuck waiting for several hours in the ER. So again, tips from today, avoid the most common summer poisons that are out there. Keep your dog on a leash. Make sure to use preventative medicine to keep your pet healthy. Make sure your compost bin and your garden are fenced off. 
If you're using cocoa bean mulch, make sure to water it down or keep your dog on a leash so they don't eat the cocoa bean mulch and get chocolate poisoning. Make sure if you're taking your dog to the ocean that you bring fresh water in a bowl so they don't get that rare salt water poisoning from drinking ocean water. If you have a pool in your backyard, make sure you're keeping those algicides, chemicals that kill algae, and chlorine bleach tablets out of reach of your pet because they're super corrosive. If you're using a flea and tick medication, which you should, if your dog and cat go outside, make sure to read the instructions carefully and apply it on the right species and talk to your vet if you have any questions. Remember, if your pet is bitten by a snake or a scorpion, please don't suck out the venom. Don't do anything crazy. Please just get to the emergency vet instead. And I hope with all those tips, you have an awesome summer, that you exercise your pet appropriately, and you enjoy the rest of the summer. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at Dr. Justine Lee on Facebook or Instagram on Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.